Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. You know, Jeremiah, I think the biggest issue right now that's going on, of course, with these rising interest rates in the Federal Reserve is... um, trying to slow inflation down. That seems to be the number one enemy right now. I mean, it seems to be the target. And they came out last week saying that we are doing this. I mean, right. Jerome Powell, I think his comments, no one, no one walked away on uncertainty. They're, they're going to deal with inflation. Yeah, there's no ambiguity in yeah. his comments. And um, now the advantage for savers for the first time in, in almost 10 years, in fact, even longer, it's going back probably to 2008, savers can actually get some interest on their savings at the banks or whatever. Right. Well, that, that is the hope, right? We, we talked about the, the internet banks and some of the smaller banks. They are up to almost 3% on right. these savings. But the big banks, and you know, we've had a few clients have talked about this, they're not there yet. Like they are keeping their their savings deposit return rates Yeah, it seems, low. Like, it seems like the bigger the bank, uh, the less willingness they have to increase interest rates on depositors' yeah. money. And it's, it's a quandary, I think. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of money out there that wants to find its way into CDs or find its way into right. banks. Money market accounts. Yeah, people of, yeah. want to be secure. They want to have something out there. But there's, I don't know, it, it, it's fear, but you know, people don't want to necessarily be in the market with it being so volatile. So they're looking right. for those. But I mean, an article I read about that was making a comment saying some of these big banks just don't need the extra money. Like they already have investments made. They're making loans. You know, they don't need extra funds to make more and more and more loans. So they're they're not paying a whole lot in deposits. Yeah. We've talked about liquidity and banks have got a lot of money. Of course, uh, individuals have got almost a trillion dollars more than they would normally have. And a lot of that excess liquidity, of course, that goes into banks. Yeah. And if you're dealing with a large national bank, uh, where most people probably are making their deposits, banks are going. I, we don't need to increase our interest rates, and uh, they're just fine. They're just fine doing that. So yeah, well, you're listening to Retirement Unlimited, uh, the show where we walk through and talk about life's difficult questions to try and help you make smart choices with your money. Uh, this is Randy Barkley. I'm Jeremiah Lee. We're both certified financial planners, and I'm also a California licensed attorney. And we work together. Uh, we work at Tricor Advisors. We guide clients through all sorts of stuff, and we're here talking about um, today. You know, real estate and Interest, uh, rates interest rates, interest rates, just what's going on in the general market. Right. And these are the things that, that really hit most people's pocketbooks. Exactly. They, they, they impact people's lives. And one thing we talk about with savings is, is what do you do when you're trying to get in your first home? Right. For a lot of folks, you know, they're, they're in a home, right? They're already there, but they have kids, they have grandkids who are trying to get into this first home and they, they feel the pain of this. Yeah, because I mean, the prices of homes in some of the hot areas are starting to decline a little bit, or they're not having to compete with multiple buyers. Mm. But now with interest rates going from below 3%, not all that long ago, and now all of a sudden they're over 6%, heading on heading north to uh, 7%. You know, your your price as far as what you have to pay on a mortgage uh, dramatically increases. In fact, in some cases, you know, it's it's a, it's a fairly, it, it knocks you out, basically. Yeah. It knocks you out of the competition to buy a house. Absolutely. Some of the numbers I saw was, you know, 350 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because of the rate of interest rates. And that takes something out of affordability for a lot of folks. It does. And, and I, I mean, there's there's a bunch of stories I'm sure people have heard that, w- that we hear 
there's a story in one of the papers we read that was talking about 14, uh, this, this family had to beat out 14 of their offers. They'd done house after house after house, couldn't get a house, first time home buyers. So finally, there's a house, 14 offers are in, and they just said, we, we have to get something. And, and it was just, like a panic buy. And they threw numbers at it until they became the people at the top of the list, yeah. so to speak. And then, and then now it's almost like you, you, you want it, <laughs> but now, <laughs> but now you have to make sure your life fits that. And that, that's, that's a tough moment. I think for a lot of people, especially first time home, home buyers. Yeah. And I think, again, my comment always has been is that the acquisition is the cheapest part of the transaction. Hmm. Cause once you get the home, for example, if you got, if you're buying an older home, uh, you're probably walking into some maintenance issues. And so air conditioning has to be replaced. Roof has to be repaired, maybe plumbing issues, hmm. electrical issues. And most first-time buyers, they're just they're excited to have a house. Yeah. Now all of a sudden they've got the mortgage payment, but now they've got other expenses and such as that. And I think a lot of these people, um, they're probably walking in blind to some degree. Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, kind of told a story. I, our first house was built in the fifties, and we had a, a drain clog, you know, from right. our sink. It was on those what time of the year it was, maybe Thanksgiving or something. We had a clog. So a buddy of mine who's a plumber, he and I crawled under the house and you know, <laughs> cut a cut a piece of pipe out. And the pipe was, you know, this big around. Right. But then the inside of the pipe from all the years of, of right. corrosion and whatnot, the inside of the pipe was, I don't know, that that big around. Right. It was not large. And you know, it, it was amazing of, of that was the whole house. Right. You know, and so they were fine. They worked. Our pipes were sufficient. But it was something as a first time home buyer, I had no idea right. to even ask about. And I was lucky that I had a friend who was willing to come over on a Saturday. You know, and and help me. Some of you knew, yeah. Right? Help me fix the yeah. clog and fix the pipes, but um, yeah, it was something that I, especially as a first time homebuyer, did not have one knowing how much that would cost, but then two know that it was even. I mean, the pipes work, right? They're pipes. Right. They're pipes. And realizing right. that as an older house, that there's all sorts of issues and maintenance issues. Yeah. So people that are buying into a home right now, I think the key issue is: is should they go to some other form of financing, like uh, mm. adjustable rate mortgages? And these now are starting to become the preference because the cost of home has gone up and their affordability, you know, affordability index, people are not still yeah. quite there. And so they're looking instead of a conventional because conventional has popped up, mm-hmm. should they go into a an adjustable rate mortgage? And there's different parts to this. There's different kinds of adjustable yes. rate mortgages and the requirements on that. Yeah. And so the 30-year the fix is kind of the classic, you say right. conventional you have 30 years to pay it back. The interest rate is going to be the same no matter what. These adjustable rate mortgages, I don't know when they first came out. I oh, mean, they came back. They were like, I, I experienced them. I saw them back in the late 70s, early 80s yeah. because interest rates were so high. There was a lot of um, um, you know, engineering. Maneuvering, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. basically these, these adjustable rate mortgages, they'll give you an introductory rate right. for a number of years. And then it, it opens. It's whatever. It's a 10-year adjustable rate or a five-year adjustable rate, which is right. very common. It then shifts to whatever the going rate may be, mm-hmm. and it could be higher, it could be lower. And part of that is when when the banks are saying the rates for a thirty year mortgage, they're having to project thirty years from now, you right. know what the what these rates will be. That that's a good deal for them. Whereas the the arm, they're able to give a little bit lower, knowing that if for some reason they they set it too low, mm-hmm. they'll be able to adjust it. And so the the bet, <laughs> you know, the, the risk here is if interest rates go up significantly in the next five years, then you may go from having you know the the current rates were about 4.9% for a five-year adjustable rate mortgage. So explain that. I mean, make sure our audience understands it. So the rate will stay at that 4.9 or 4. whatever. 4.9 for five years. For five years. And so it's a great mortgage compared to what else is out there. But the end of that five years, it, it's in the terms of the contract of how exactly it swings. But usually it goes to whatever the prevailing uh, LIBOR rate or some other standard right. um, well-known rate 
plus a couple of percentage points, and that's your new rate. So if interest rates increase between now and the next five years, this could go up to seven, say. And what that does to the homeowner is, you know, maybe their payment was fourteen hundred bucks a month is what they've been paying. All of a sudden, those those five years expire, the interest rate shifts. Now maybe they're paying twenty one hundred dollars a month. Yeah, and it's tied to some. It's either LIBOR or some underlying um, interest number, mm-hmm. and it's that plus something. And you have to be really careful that you understand how your mortgage will be adjusted down the road. Now most people are buying it on the the assumption, and this is could be wrong. Yeah that interest rates are going to go back down. And so that we're going to move back into maybe a recessionary period. Mm -hmm. The Federal Reserve will uh, lower interest rates and we'll be back into those threes and fours on conventionals. There's no guarantee that that's going to happen. But that's the strategic choice. Someone who's doing this is is probably feeling either one, I can't get into the house. I can't afford a 30-year fixed rate payment. So I'm going to try this. Others just say, I'm willing to make a gamble here. I think we can do better here. And they're, they're walking into this. And if interest rates go up, then there'll be an environment where they either have to pay a higher payment because it's adjusted or try and refinance in that market, whatever that mm-hmm, may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of these people are hoping that either the interest rates go down or um, even if their loan isn't great, they can refinance into something different. Right. Their income's gone up, their situation's changed, something. And I think I think it's really important for, for home buyers, particularly for people that are just starting out, that your home is really not an investment per se. Mm. Uh, an investment is something that will give you capital gain back or give you income. It'll give you some benefits as as a real estate as a real estate position. But your residence typically doesn't. You're not going to get income from your residence. You're not going to get capital gain from your residence unless you sell the home. Mm. So if your timing's perfect, you buy low, sell high. But during the time that you hold a real estate. You're also going to have additional expenses, but you're going to pay the property taxes into it, the insurance, the maintenance, all the other factors that go into home ownership. Um, And that doesn't include, you know, the aesthetic stuff, you know, landscaping, the other things that you put into your home. In California, you have to water your lawns. You bought a a, a yard that actually had a a grass with it. And then on the other side, the positive side is you, you know, there's some tax benefits to owning a home. There is. You reduce your interest rates. The homes in um, American history, in your recent history, last 30, 40 years. You know, owning a home has been a great wealth builder. Right. The home prices have gone up over time. People have built that. But you're right. You're right. It's it's a it's important to separate the idea of an investment from where you live. Yeah, I see. A, I see a home as a security. In other words, what you want to do is secure yourself from not from being a renter. Yeah. You don't want to be in a situation where the landlord has control of your destiny, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's a. I mean, let's pause there for a month. We have a number of clients who are struggling right now. They're, they're the landlords right. and they have not raised the rent on their tenants for the right. last couple of years because you know it's been COVID, you know, it's, it's a great moment of them. But now as rents are going up, they're feeling, wow, I'm charging sub uh, market rates on, right. on the rents for the home I own. And so my options are either give this tenant a massive increase or I'm going to have to evict them and get someone new and, or I'm just gonna have to eat this and mm-hmm. you'll continue to not have sufficient rent. Um, and it, it's a really tough spot. And you know, that's the from the owner side, from the, the renter, you just, you know, if someone decides to raise your rent, you just get a notice mm-hmm. and it says, here's the rules. And there's protections in every state of how much and when and where they can do that. But even within the law, there's a lot of flexibility that gives people, um, they can struggle. So they don't control their destiny as much as if they own it. Right. And I think the, the key there for if you're a landlord, you got to be able to manage. And so many people that we talk to that bought a property or they inherited a property and mm-hmm. they rented it out, oftentimes we find they don't manage it. They're not really keeping up on rents. They're not really going in. Yeah. And and I said, well, your your property taxes have gone up. Your insurance has gone up. The cost of management, you know, maintenance of that property has gone up. 
but you're not collecting the income that you should be collecting on it. And and I always my comment is the renter knows the renter knows the landlord just doesn't want to have that conversation. Mm. It's, sometimes it can be a tough conversation with the uh, tenant, mm-hmm. uh, but the reality is you have to manage that property so right. to make it feasible for you to right. keep especially it. for the long term, right? You know, and the I mean it's hard to think through, but the kindest thing often for a landlord is to keep consistent regular increases so that they don't get behind. They don't feel that they need to make this massive change. Right. Uh, for the renter and put the renter in a real hard spot. And, and that consists of knowing my rent goes up, you know, 2% every year. You know, most renters can can factor that in right. you know, and, and determine that right. as you go forward. That's good. So anyway, you're listening to Jeremiah and myself. I'm Randy Barkley, and we're here to help you make, we're trying to talk about things that we think are really important. And some of the things we talked about earlier was interest that you can get on your savings. We can also help you find places where you can get better interest um, and have a flexibility of assets. In other words, you can get to it, but also get an interest rate that's better than what we've seen in the past. And secondly, uh, we're talking about the the change that's occurring within the real estate market because of these rising interest rates, particularly in mortgages and such. If you'd like to know more about this and we'd like to be able to help you with it, uh, give us a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for our next section. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. You're listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. We uh, work, work together at Tricord Advisors, where we help our clients kind of walk through life's hard uh, choices, and we're here to discuss some of the hard stuff we see. Randy and I are both certified financial planners. I'm also a California licensed attorney. So we've been talking about buying your first home, interest rates, um, things of that, that nature. And we're shifting a little bit to talk about what the Fed's been doing with interest rates and how you know that affects house prices, of course, but it also affects the economy. Yeah. So as Evan, most people know, uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, it was a week ago, I think, you know, we adjusted the rates of three quarters of a point again right. and kind of move forward. And so what we've been talking about in, in our office is what's next? You know, what, yeah. what's coming up? Yeah, and I think that, um, of course, everybody is, you know, the people on the far extreme, you know, there's always extremes. And uh, there's people that think, okay, this is going to be different. Yeah. You know, they're they're trying to move towards something that's going to change the economy forever going forward. Um, I, I don't believe that. I believe that Jerome Powell is focused on inflation. And I think that most economists thought initially that this was going to be kind of a transitory thing. Mm-hmm. But it got embedded and it got embedded within the economy. And he saw that as more of a danger long term to allow that to continue. And he's going to increase interest rates. And there, and he's he's very clear about his intention. 
And I think the board of governors from the Federal Reserve are, he has the support. Yeah. They, they want to kick inflation. They want it yeah. down. Well, it, it's, I mean, really it's being the adult in the room or taking the hard medicine, you know, whatever yeah. analogy you want to use. But it, this, these interest rates are, are not enjoyable. You know, right. They don't make things fun. But the alternative of having runaway inflation is extremely painful you know, in the midterm as well as uh, in the long term, especially for people who are retired and coming to these more fixed income positions. So it's, it's, it's hard medicine, but it's, it's healthy. It's helpful right. Right. To, get, to get past this inflation. And what we and many economists are looking at is that there may be a couple more raises between now and the end of the year. Right. And the hope that many people would say is that the last raise will be diminished slightly and then will be stable for a while. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the interest rates and the climbing of the interest rates has had a real impact upon the kind of equities that you hold. So obviously interest relates to that. If you have if you have a growth portfolio uh, that is dependent upon that money going. Now, while when money was really cheap, in other words, the, you know, they were almost giving it away in the last yeah. five, six years. Now it's become more expensive, become more dear. And those kinds of holdings have really come under pressure because they don't give dividends out. Yeah. So we really have shifted towards um, towards the beginning of the year. We started shifting towards stocks that would pay dividends because we th we think the future is going to be slightly different than the past yeah. because the past, because of that easy money policy, it affects the overall economy and what companies are going to benefit from that and what companies are going to really yeah. come under pressure from that. I and mean, there's really going to be a lot of winners and losers here. And so, you know, picking good stocks, having good quality holdings. I mean, it, it, there's always prudent advice to say, hold <laughs> while you're while down and people's fears, the market's going to fall forever and you just pull everything out. And you know, we talk through without all the regular basis, talk through people with that. Yeah, the fear level is really high and, and you, want to be, you want to be able to tamp that down a little bit and bring it back into reality and show the perspective over the long term. And yes, right now it's painful. It looks painful. But when you look at it over a five-year period or even a three-year yeah. period, it's not as painful as what most people would think it is. Right. And now it's actually an opportunity rather than saying right. a fear-based, I need to get everything out because that's a poor choice. But to say, do I need to change anything? Are these right. the best assets for me to hold? And some people who had capital gains from 21, uh, 2020 and 2021 that weren't moving stocks because of the capital gain implications. Well, not that you want it to come down, but the silver lining is if things have come down, that you can now pivot to a better right. position. Right. Now is a good time to do that. I mean, some of the charts you were showing me before is that you know we've had significant gain from uh, just before you know three years ago, just before right. the COVID downturn, till basically the beginning of this year was significant growth, mm -hmm. and then including the last six months, we're still notably up. And I mm -hmm. think the thing you had was twenty three percent from where we were three years ago to where we are now. Right. You know, people would like to be higher, of course, but yeah, I mean, I think the the thing I'm having a lot of conversation with clients about is the effect on bonds. Typically, bonds mm -hmm. within the portfolio are more of the ballast; they're more of the stabilizer. And bonds have had a significant hit when it comes to mark to market. And in fact, we're we've put together a newsletter that we'll be sending out this week. And anybody that's listening to us right now that would like to have a copy of that newsletter. Uh, what we've tried to do is explain what mark-to-market means on bond portfolio. And as I sit down with clients, we could have a bond portfolio that the maturity is maybe seven years or five years or something like that. And it's down significantly because what happens is, uh, and, and this is what I try to explain in the newsletter, is when you buy a bond, let's say you bought a bond a year ago or two years ago, and the interest rate was one and a half to 2% or maybe less. And all of a sudden that same bond that you buy today is now three or 4%. Well, what the market does is automatically mark that down. It doesn't talk about the quality of the bond 
or the risk of the bond. What it just says, if you're going to sell that bond today, we're going, the market is going to give you something less than what you paid for it back a year or two years ago. Mm -hmm. So mark to market is really understanding that if you hold on to your bond, as it gets closer to that maturity date, because you're still receiving interest from the borrower, that bond will automatically heal. So I, I really had to really had to explain to mm -hmm. clients, and that's why we put this together in this newsletter, understand what goes on when they do this mark-to-market. Yeah. And um, it, it's really important because yeah. bonds make up some portion of our clients' portfolios, and some clients is pretty significant. Yeah. And, but, you, yeah. and to deal with the emotions of that. I mean, it'd be if right. someone had no intention of selling their home for the next 10 years. You know, I live here. This is my home. I'm not selling it. Right. But they see on Zillow or Redfin that their house value has gone down. Well, they're not intending to sell. So, right. you know, rather than letting themselves sit in those emotions and feel bad and did I make a bad choice? What are we going to do to say, well, we're not selling. We'll just, right. keep, we'll just keep carrying on and the markets will be different 10 years from now. Similar with bonds, even though they've been marked down at the moment, many clients have no intention of selling them. Right. They have no intention of changing things. And as bonds get closer to the maturity date, they, they come back to that face value and, and so and they then, heal. And then we'll do what we call laddering. And laddering means that we're going to buy bonds that have more current interest rates or higher interest rates. So as they mature, we'll take that principle and it'll automatically step up into a higher interest yeah. rate. And there's a lot of bond funds that we use, other people use that do that on a regular basis. As right. they get the, the payments from the coupons, they turn those around and they buy new bonds. So it's constantly just rolling idea, right. getting into you know more current bonds. I was good. And, and I guess connecting a little bit with the Fed chairman of kind of where they're at, you know, they, they have a hard job. They're trying to they do. hit this right. And I, uh, I was compared to like driving in the snow or driving in the rain. You know, if you're, if you're driving in the snow and you turn the wheels and it doesn't immediately respond, uh, the fear base is to turn the wheel harder. Oh no, right. oh no. And then that's how people spin out or, you know, shoot off the road. Really, you know, you have to turn the wheel at the appropriate amount and wait for the tires to grab traction. And that's, I think what they're doing at the moment, they've turned the wheel. Uh, they've adjusted some interest rates and they have to wait, wait for the economy to respond. And they're slowly, you know, continuing to turn. And if the economy catches at the right moment, easy enough. If yeah, it doesn't, which, that's where we get concerned. Yeah. And again, I think we're looking for indicators that inflation is coming down because that really is the key factor. And there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we look at that would give us an indication that inflation is starting to peak or starting to come back down. Yep. Um still. Um, I think the interest rates will probably continue to rise. Yeah, and that will impact on the on the plus side, the, the positive side, bonds will probably pay more than they used to. Right. Certificates of deposit will pay more than they used to. Savings accounts will actually pay something, which, right. which is great. The negatives on a lot of this is you know, we will see uh, people's spending power, if they're just sitting in cash, may erode because of inflation. Right. Um, the ability to buy a home or some of these home prices, that may go away. So it, it's going to be a shift in our economy in, in the near term and in the midterm. Right. So again, for most people, what they need to do is to continue to stay invested. Uh, recessions and bear markets are short as compared to expansion and bull markets. Yeah. And even though the pain seems severe and contracting, you, it doesn't make you feel comfortable. But when you look at the charts, and that's where this newsletter, we can send it out to you. It really gives you a good illustration of how different a recession or bear market is in relationship to an expansion or bull market, right? Yeah, that's right. So if you like a copy of our newsletter, you can go to our website. It's retirementunlimited.com. There's a contact button there. You click on that, send us an email. We'll, we'll send you a copy or give our office a call. It's 951-684-7011. If there's any part of this discussion that you missed and you want to catch the whole thing, you can find it on our website or you can find us on YouTube. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.
Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.